Good morning, everyone. I know the events of the last few weeks have put some of us on edge. Remember, we are the Greyhound family, and we have always, always taken care of one another. Now, everyone with me, take a second and breathe. Jordan Luker, welcome to Carmel Conversations. I'm really happy you could make it today, sir. I'm really happy, too. Thanks yeah. a lot for this opportunity. Of course. I've seen you two times today already. You have. You've well, seen me in astronomy and film. Yeah. What do you think about Casablanca? Ca- yeah, we were watching Casablanca in Ivy Film today, and I, th- I know you, when I look to my right, because you sit on my right, you were dead asleep <laughs> the first time. The second time you were awake, I was falling asleep during it. Really? I thought it wasn't a bad movie, though. No, it's a really good movie. It was ruined by the choir kids, though. Yeah, we had a lot of choir kids oh, singing. Oh, you might want to remove that. <laughs> we had a lot of choir kids singing from across the hall, which is always a blast. It's always when you're a treat. Trying to watch a movie, and then you're just interrupted by the choral screams hey. of the other classroom hey, next to adds, us. adds to the atmosphere of the film, <laughs> all right? Yes, it does. Like, when you're watching a movie and, like, a baby starts crying, I mean, come on. Yeah. You already know. Yep, that's that's a good point. Do, so, on that note, why did you start going into IB Film? Why did I start going into IB Film? Well, I personally, I've always been in love with movies. I collect Blu-rays, DVDs. Wow. I have a full collection of physical media at my home. I think I've counted it. I'm up to probably around 100 films in my collection now. What so, are some of you like your favorite films? My favorite films probably would be The Untouchables. Okay. Um, it's about these accountants that go after Al Capone. Yep. It's a really good one. Um, obviously, Star Wars. I have the despecialized editions, not the... Wow. Crappy jer- yeah, those cost me 40 bucks. So I don't wow. have the sequels. <laughs> you don't have the sequels? I don't have the sequels. Are you going to get the sequels? No. Yeah. Not I don't know. Worth it. Because, so, do you have Disney Plus? Yeah. So, they're going to be all on Disney Plus. So, yeah. I feel like if you if you just want to, hey, I'll, I'll go see Last Jedi. It's on <laughs> Disney Plus. I already paid $9 I'll a go month laugh for it. At, I'll go laugh at Last Jedi. Yeah. Honestly, though. So, Jordan, we're going to talk about your life today, right? Yeah. we got a whole bunch of different facets that we're going to talk about, starting with your early life, obviously. I know that's a really defining factor of who you are. Well. And the the joke of many. But you know, I can, I, I, I can, I can, I can relate to you though. That's you the can thing. Relate. All right. Yeah. So then we also are going to talk about school a little bit, like what classes you're currently taking, why you're doing that. Yeah. I, I, I kind of pride a little bit in that. Uh, as always, we're going to talk about caramel culture near the of end of course. the show because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. I like to of see course. what people think about our little mm-hmm. city that we got going on here. Little city. I mean, it's it's not the biggest. Ninety thousand people. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it, it's a lot of people, but you know, for the size of caramel as a whole i feel like it's i feel i i don't know it is bigger than it feels i mean place i grew up well if we're going into that subject (laughs) place i grew up i mean in you know it wasn't i don't i like to say it's rural it wasn't rural probably Mm -hmm. i mean it was around probably fifteen thousand people it's up to like it grew exponentially after we left so after we left i think i came here around sixth grade which was if i do you know sixth grade, what year was sixth that, grade? Uh, five years ago. Five years ago, so I think it was like 2013 around when we moved here. So we moved like in the middle of first semester. So obviously, I mean, at a big disadvantage, not only like coming from a completely different area of the United States, completely different culture-wise, 
completely different, like, the way teachers teach, the way teachers treat you in general. Yeah. So. I, I actually do want to talk about that. Jordan, where are you from, sir? I am outside of, like, Tampa. I was about an hour from Tampa, Florida. So it, I think it was called, like, New Tampa or something mm-hmm. weird like that. Sure. And there was, <laughs> there was a big conflict over, like, the borders of the city. So there were wow. people who, like, would say, oh, I'm from this part, but not New Tampa. How long did you live in Florida for? Uh, 11 years. So Wow. Yeah. So you were born in Florida, lived there for 11 years, mm-hmm. and then when you were in sixth grade, you've moved to? I think so. I remember awesome. you in sixth grade. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. I definitely remember I you remember in sixth grade. That. Yeah. Um, so in Florida, how does that kind of differ from Florida rather than Carmel, you know? Um, a lot. So obviously in Florida, you know, it was relatively, I mean, I'm going to say relatively sure. rural compared to here. And when I say that, I mean, every there weren't a lot of different, am I, if I'm allowed to say this, there weren't a lot of minorities within our community. But coming here, I mean, obviously a lot of Hispanics in our area. But coming here, I mean, you had multiple, I mean, Asians, Indians, Hispanics, African Americans, all in one place. It was like a real wake-up moment for me. I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did that change um, any kind of perspectives that you had uh, it, prior? Yeah, it changed my perspective on how I view the world and how I view, like, how people, you know, act with each other. Because in Florida, it wasn't like here where, you know, people are friends with different groups. In Florida, you had the white table, you had the African-American table, you had the Hispanic table. Okay. You didn't go to the other tables. You just stayed with your group, basically. And that kind of changed? Uh, that when changed here, definitely. And it probably had to do with, like, the change in, like, it's a bigger town here, more people. I mean, in Florida, our school, my elementary school probably had around 120. Okay. So. That's, a lo- that's almost, like, a fraction of the size yeah. of what an uh, elementary school in Carmel so, has. Once you got to the high school, though, I mean, it was really. But another big thing, the schools in Florida, underfunded, not really... You know, the teachers just, you know, they were there to get paid. Yeah. Wasn't, so what were what were the teachers kind of like? They didn't really try and connect with the students that much. They just were there to teach you and go home. That how, was it. How did they go about teaching you? Uh, very strict, very strict curriculum. You wouldn't you wouldn't backtalk the teacher if you were to like, you know how kids here sometimes will you know, joke around with the yeah. teacher. You wouldn't do that there. You'd get the meter stick, as we called it. Yeah, so that is also very different than how Car- Carmel Clay Schools deals with uh, punishment, right? Was there any um, sort of pun- punishment when you were at school um, in Florida? If you fell asleep, you'd get a <laughs> either like a ping pong paddle or like a ruler slapped on your hand, and then you'd wake up, obviously. Or they had like what the card system or whatever mm-hmm. you call it here. I think we had that, too. I got that a lot. <laughs> well, so what is the card system, if you can describe it? I mean, I think most people know what that is. You know, you go, like, green, blue, I forget the colors, okay. yellow, orange, something like that. And what does that mean? Um, I think it's just the scale of punishment. And if oh. you got a black, you went to the principal's office, but you just kind of stayed in the principal's office for the rest of the day. You didn't go back to Dang. class. So. Did, did, did any of that ever happen to you? Yeah. How often? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite the troublemaker in elementary school. Probably because, like, they didn't, and I'm going to bring this up, they didn't know, I mean, ADHD, OC, whatever, Tourette's, they didn't know how to deal with that there. They didn't have the services there for it. 
So their solution was just to bring me to the principal's office and hope it settled itself. So All right. Do you want to talk about that aspect of your life? You the Tourette's. Yeah. Mean? I mean, growing up with it, obviously, I mean, it's dissipated now, but about until about eighth grade, you know, I would not be feeling the best. You know, I would have these random instances where I'll just freak out at people, you know. I think you probably remember it in middle school too. Mm-hmm. I just freak out. And no one knew what was going on. But, like, in Florida, they didn't know what to do. So they just sent me to the principal's office or they sent me home. They didn't actually help me with figuring that out and how to cope with it better. Did that change when you went to Carmel? Yeah, it changed a lot. And I would have turned out a much different person if I stayed in Florida compared to here, probably. All right. Is there So we kind of mentioned a lot of uh, cons of Florida, right? But yeah. Obviously. And as you are known in both, I, I suppose, astronomy and uh, Ivy Film, you are known as Florida Man. And um, English, don't forget that. And I'm known in Malta Yuan as Florida Man, too. Really? So, yeah, everyone, I didn't know that. It's caught on. Yeah, and, and you know, you also have a Florida shirt, too. I do. When, I have uh, a lot of Florida shirts. <laughs> when Miss Ramos was on yesterday, we were also talking about Florida, or not yesterday, uh, a week ago. Mm-hmm. We, we, were, we were also talking about Florida because she lived in yeah. a different part of Florida. Where'd she live? I, you know, I can't remember. I think it was Key West. Oh, okay. That's... Um, I'm pretty sure that's around the area where that, I was born. No, that is about another. Florida's a very long state. That's mm-hmm. another three-hour drive right. down there. I was saying that's that's where I think I was born. But you were born in Florida. I yes, what? I was. You didn't know that? No. Yes, I was born in Florida. No I lived way. there for around like the first two years of my lives. So that's why I I have been saying for like the entire year I can I I can relate to no you way. sort of in being a Florida man. Yeah, but you didn't live there eleven years. I you did also not. didn't live in um. <laughs> weird part of Florida. I yeah, I don't think I did. I think I definitely lived or it was like Fort something maybe? Fort Myers. I think it was Fort Myers. Yeah. That sounds really familiar. Um but my 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 dad grew up in Florida, mm-hmm. so he definitely has a lot of experiences yeah. uh with that sort of uh education system obviously. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about Carmel schools, right? Mm-hmm. So when you came to Creekside, right? Yeah. How did Creekside differ from the um the the elementary school which you attended when you were in uh, well, I went Florida. to middle school in Florida for like a semester I okay. think, and and I went there and coming here obviously I talked about the diversity thing which is great obviously yeah. I love it here I love the different amount of people you can meet here and like the different like styles of people they have just it's amazing here like five thousand kids might be a disadvantage but it's also an advantage I mean, but. Then in Florida, it was much more tightly knit of a school. You knew everyone at your school. You knew everyone in your grade, necessarily. Not at the school itself. But you knew everyone in your grade. You knew which teachers everyone had. And what else? I mean, yeah. that's it, basically. Do you, do, you, do you feel like you had a defining sense of culture at your old middle school? Southern culture. I mean, yeah. that's it. I mean, going down. You didn't go hang out at, like... You didn't go to whatever, a park or something. You'd go down to, instead of like hanging out at someone's house, I'm sorry, you would go down to the park instead of hanging out at someone's house because, I mean, most families down there didn't have materials like we do. So like there was nothing to do at someone's house is what I'm saying. They didn't have TV. They didn't have computers or the computer was used for work or something for the dad. So you weren't allowed on the computer. That was different at my house because we were in a more affluent area, obviously. So... But then down there, I mean, you'd go down to parks, you'd go down, there was a, I think there was like a little dirt racetrack down there, it was like half a mile racetrack, you'd always go down there. 
uh, weren't allowed to drive the cars. We did try <laughs> and get in one one time. We got in big trouble for that. Do you have any fun stories about uh, any adventures that you had in Florida? Um, uh, gosh, it was so long ago. Well, besides the dirt track one, there was the time we all our school. <laughs> we went to this aquarium, like local aquarium. It wasn't even even like. <laughs> It was like, and <laughs> the teacher literally like, we were at like you know the starfish petting area. Yeah. So wait, the starfish? You can't pet starfish. No, they just had starfish in the thing, and you, you know that when you touch a starfish, like it dies instantly. <laughs> 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 Probably why it wasn't moving. Um, <laughs> you didn't know that? No. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, they oh just had God. starfish in the water, and I'm like, oh, how come the starfish isn't moving, guys? Yeah. Well, I. I also don't think starfish move very often, but I just know for a fact, like I'll I'll be That's on so funny. yeah I'll be on Instagram and I'll be on like just someone's someone's account right, and it'll be them in like I don't know the Bahamas or something, yeah. and they'll be holding a starfish and I'm like you just killed that starfish, <laughs> and then meanwhile Jordan's over here in Florida just killing you're all the starfish. Like, no, what you like? What kids would do? They literally like put their hand in the tank and just go <laughs> I five the starfish. That's crazy. That was the best. So they. They didn't do like child counts like we do. Like they what? just left. <laughs> what? So, and for like the next hour, I was just sitting by the starfish tank, like, uh. And the teacher comes and she's like, Jordan, where were you? And I'm like, uh, I was here with the starfish. And she was like, uh, yeah. Just committing mass genocide yeah, with the committing- starfish. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's fun that Florida has yeah. really high quality starfish <laughs> petting zoos. Um, they had they had this um they also had the, they this would not be allowed here. They had this zoo sort of like semi zoo, not really a zoo because obviously no money. So <laughs> it had like all these big cats, so you know like bobcats, tigers and cougars. But one time I swear it got out <laughs> because the cages what? were, the fences were only like five feet high. So one of the, I think like one of the, it was like a bobcat or something. All of a sudden just hopped over the fence and we were like, oh, look at the bobcat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Florida. I, I, I love Florida. Best stories. I didn't, I didn't think I lived there long enough for anyone who like even flies to Florida, right? And goes they to the don't. Florida International they, Airport. They They're not in the middle of Florida where. They go to Miami, which isn't really. Right. You don't experience full Florida if you're going to Miami. But Hate like, to say it. even on your way to Orlando, you see a really good part of like kind of when the swamp starts leaving. Yeah. And you just see like freaking gators on the side of like city banks. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wow, okay. That's <laughs> there would be neat. dead armadillos on the road like on a daily basis. Yeah. You just like, my mom hit one and she's like, oh, there goes another one. <laughs> oh my gosh. I got to talk to my dad about kind of what he had, his life in Florida. It's probably different than it was when I lived there. Because when when he lived there, like 80s, 90s? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was when Florida was really booming, definitely. Yeah, but at the same time, that was around the same time when Pablo Escobar was going around trying to (laughs) bring his, uh, what did he make? Cocaine? Cocaine? Yeah. I thought it was marijuana. I might be wrong. I don't even know. But regardless, their main export was to Miami. That was their main export. So, I don't know. We talked a lot about Florida there, and I'm really happy (laughs) because Florida is obviously a love of both of ours. You could have a full podcast on just Florida. The Florida Man Podcast? the Florida Man Podcast. We were were talking about how we were going to make this podcast called the Jordan Unfiltered Podcast. (laughs) 
and I had an idea where I was gonna make for the uh, for the profile of this yeah. uh, episode. I was gonna take a picture of both of us, and I was gonna have a uh, straight out of Florida. <laughs> but regardless, there's a I don't know where the picture is. There's a picture of me next to a gator. Really? And I'm like I'm putting my arm on it, <laughs> like a like a full size gator. Yeah, like a full size gator. And they can't see you if you're behind it. Right. They're, it's fully based on, like, sight. Mm. So, like, you can come from behind. Not how you get a gator. We we learned how to wrestle a gator. I don't know how to do it anymore. Where did you learn how to wrestle a gator? Some stupid Florida event. Wow. It's like, you don't have anything better to do. Why not go learn how to wrestle a gator? You know what I mean? Do you feel like you had any, like, one sore spot of kind of memories that you have? Or just kind of, like... spot? Yeah. Um, or, sorry, not, not not sore. Like the one main source of culture for your town. So like a good example for it's Carmel. It's not a town. I mean, it's kind of, it was kind of like, Car- it's not a town. Sure. Like I, I like to say, call it a small town, mm-hmm. but it probably wasn't. Okay. I mean, if you want to, if you want to talk like real rural South, it wasn't, it's not that. Mm-hmm. It's, it just had that similar culture, but it wasn't like, you know, you're off by the farm. There were farms near it and that brings up another good story okay so since the cat we obviously our neighborhood so it wasn't as built up but we did have like neighborhoods like in carmel but it wasn't super built up and you could still walk to places like here you have to drive you could have walked to Publix or something like that but um we were behind farms but (laughs) the cows always got out yeah and one time, this guy, he decided just to get in his truck and started herding the cows with this pickup truck. Wow. Yeah, back to the place. And, like, they were always just weird. The cows would always get out. And it was really, <laughs> yeah. You know, and actually, Florida is really infamous for having the craziest stories, right? Yeah. Do you feel like you ever saw one of those, like, this could no. easily be a headline? I don't. No. I never had one of those like headline stories. I Have you ever think. seen any that could probably? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, that happens mostly in like the cities right. where, like, you know, obviously, Florida doesn't have the best, you know, stuff for the mentally deranged and stuff like that. So obviously, they're just roaming around on the streets right. because the government doesn't care, obviously, about them. So, do you feel like there's anything that you're leaving out about Florida before we uh, go I'm into a different, out. Uh, different topic? <laughs> Not really. Not really. I mean, if you had to rate Florida out of 10. (laughs) Out of 10? (laughs) Uh, Fun, 10 out of 10. Actual, like, quality of life, 4 out of 10. Not not very good. Not good at all. Oh, I forgot one big thing. Snakes are huge in Florida. Yes. Um, You you knew the snake rhymes. Red and yellow, don't touch a fellow. Yellow and black, friendly jack. You always knew those. You would go over them in your head, and you'd look at the snake, and you'd be like, hey, which one's that? <laughs> Did you so, ever see any? I there would always there would always be one behind the house. They would just kind of chill, and you wouldn't go near them, obviously. But like, copperheads aren't in Florida, are they? Copperheads, cottonmouths, and rattlers, as we call them down there, are the rattlesnakes. You, did you Did you ever see any of those? Oh yeah, all the time. And did you ever get bit? No, not once. No. I feel like that's every single person in Florida. Like they just you learn get, to. I mean, you. I mean, it's like with the gators, you don't bother them. Mm-hmm. It's like if as long as you're far enough, they're not going to intentionally hunt you like because there were obviously gators in our pond all the time. Mm-hmm. But like you wouldn't dare go near them because you would be probably ripped. To death. I mean, mm-hmm. they you, would go after you. Did you ever see any like crazy animals other than gators and snakes? Um, 
there was this fox. Um, the fox would just come around. Foxes would come and go mm-hmm. for some reason, and armadillos. Yep. Always were. I'm very surprised they would live in that environment because it's really swampy. And it, I don't feel like it wasn't swampy. Where we swampy comes like swamp south. Florida comes down like southeastern, like south, the Everglades yeah. area. Mm-hmm. I mean, where we were, it wasn't like the swampy area. It was more like that kind of coastal kind of feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're gonna move on to Model UN now, oh. um, which is the other biggest portion of our podcast, yeah. right? Um, I definitely wanted to talk about Florida, but now we're gonna talk about Model UN. So. Jordan, you've been in Model UN for how long now? Three years. Three ever since years. I was a freshman. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I know that you really love Model UN. I love it. Um, and I kind of want to talk about that because a lot of people don't really know what it is. I know my brother went and joined it for a little bit. He did. Yeah, he did for a little bit, but he couldn't stick with it just because of marching band stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, anyways, Jordan, how would you describe Model UN? It's whoa. <laughs> Keep that in. Don't know what that was. <laughs> um. But Model UN, I mean, it's like speech and debate, but it's not at the same time. You are given, basically, quick rundown, you're given a country, you have to, like, so say I'm North Korea. Okay. And you're given a, you're put in a committee, so, like, Human Rights Council of the United Nations. You have to represent that country's views no matter what. It doesn't matter what your views are. If you better stick to those views or people are going to call you out on it. And it is one of, I tell you what, it is one of the most competitive things I've ever seen in my life. That's where I get really confused, right? Because, um, and you kind of pointed this out, actually. I do have a question here that, is it similar to role-playing, right? Because no. I feel like no. I feel like some part of it's are, though. Because, you like you mentioned with the, um, and, and, and of course, I'll let you talk in just a minute. Mm-hmm. But, um like you mentioned, you like you have to follow those companies or the company, the country's policies, like regardless of how you feel, right? Yeah. So you're not only placing yourself in that role, but at the same time, you're also placing yourself in the role of someone who would be in the UN, right? So yeah. kind of ela- elaborate on that. How is it so competitive if it's something that is almost what what feels like to me, and I could be completely wrong, right? Yeah. Um, that it it feels it feels a little bit like acting, kind of. It's. Acting in the way that you can't just call someone out. Let's say I call, like, the United States a female dog, and then <laughs> they they can – you do, you will get kicked out. Um, sure. So it's not competitive in that way because you're supposed to put yourself in a diplomatic sort of way. But, no, you indi- you learn the indirect ways to make fun of people. So me, for example, my biggest thing, whenever I'm speaking, I'll lean on the podium and just be like, and I'll wink at people too. It's indirect. You got to indirectly do it to them to show them, like express your dominance over them. Yeah. You got to indirectly do it to them. (laughs) Jordan Um, Looker. But, and role playing, there are like specialized committees. So like at IU, for example, I was in the, and I used, was it? I was sick the whole time, so obvious it was really bad the entire time there. I vomited on the bus. Oh, I vomited geez. multiple times. But we were in the Olympic Committee. Instead of a country, you're given a person, and you have to act like that person. Oh, my gosh. I was the vice president of Brazil, and <laughs> <laughs> he was very corrupt. Oh, no. So, and I, I accidentally said, like, Brazil has a stellar economy like in front of everyone, and everyone's like, dude, Brazil's in a recession right now. And I'm like... Right, but but I'm also corrupt. So everyone was corrupt in that committee. Like, wow. no one called each other out. 
so how did Model UN start? Like, do, do you know the initial origins of it? Oh, it started way before we came here. Right. Um, so, I mean, I could, you could probably bring Mrs. Gardner on here one okay. day and talk with her about that E208. Um, but from what I've learned, I mean, it's been here since, like, the beginning. Right. I mean, there's so many, like, Gardner in her room, she has so many awards. Like, you can tell, obviously, it's been around for a long time. And it has its ups and downs. I mean, you don't win. It's not like, it's not like the Carmel swimming team where they win every time. You, it's ups and downs. I mean, sometimes we win, sometimes we don't. We're on a hot streak right now in winning. So there's individual awards, and then there's the school awards. So when did you decide to join uh, Model UN? I knew immediately when I joined the school I was going to join Model UN. Why was that? I tried to start one in middle school. Okay. They didn't let me. Why is that? <laughs> they just did it. They didn't let, they didn't let me. Who, who, who's uh, whose executive decision was that? Mr. Chelly. Mr. Chelly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I definitely remember Mr. Chelly. He was our journalism teacher oh back in middle gosh. school. What, what a guy. What, what a, a guy. What a man. Um, but anyways, moving on a little bit, how did you learn about Model UN? Um, I knew it from my cousin who did it for like a year. And then I already knew it was a thing just from um, learning about it. I mean. I assume there was one because I've heard about it so much from like older kids. I know from high school when I was in middle school, they told me about Model UN and about their experiences in it. And but only so many people actually go to the conferences. It's really weird. Like first meeting, it seems like there's so many people in Model mm -hmm. UN. And you're like, holy crap, how am I going to get to know all these people? But there's only a select group of people who actually go to the conferences and it's not chosen on any basis. Mm. You can go like uh, any amount of people can go. There's no like JV varsity model UN. You just go. And, but that's the tightly knit group of people to where you really make those connections. What got you uh, interested in model UN? I mean, I've always been interested in politics, international politics. I mean, you know, so I bet you know that from middle school. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've and I've learned this now not to but I used to be way too political in middle school um and now I've found a way to express it so I don't have to shove it down people's throats sure. like today mm. so you know do you do you feel like you get that freedom to kind of express political opinions and model you in well I mean you have the freedom but it's I, I won't say which side people can probably assume from United Nations but it's very leaning towards one way. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, I mean, you have the occasional outliers, but it's definitely leaning towards one way political-wise, like, in view-wise of what they want you to think. And obviously, it doesn't matter when you're out of competition because you're representing a country, so mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't really express your personal opinions. But there are just, like, recreational times where you're talking with people and you just talk about politics. I mean, it's... Everyone's very respectful too. It's not like yeah. do you do you, do you feel like you have to be political to be in Molly UN? Uh I mean, I would say yeah. I mean, you kind of have to know what you're doing. Sure. You kind of have to know what's going on in the world and you kind of have to know the lingo. Like you have to know what, you know, the United Nations is, obviously. And there's a whole procedure, it's called parliamentary procedure, and you need to know that in order to succeed because there is a way that we go about things it's not just a bunch of people standing up and debating like for example you have to motion there's like a bunch of different but the main ones it's like the moderated where you the chair which is like the people in charge of the thing and moderate like debate moderators basically 
we'll call on you and you will give a, go up and give a speech usually from like 15 to 30 seconds around some people go on for longer and then the chair gets all mad but or and then there's unmoderated caucuses those are always just i i hate them so much they're so they, I, it, no moderation at all you can just get up and talk to people yeah, yeah. and that's usually how you that's usually how you write your resolutions or for comparison a bill as you <laughs> i called it a bill and everyone got <laughs> mad at me they're like it's not called a bill jordan ouch what are some of the people like at model un um very wide variety of people um you have a very different like backgrounds different people i mean it's very just like i don't think i've ever met someone like that's similar to another person in any way so like what kind of words would you use to maybe describe some of your peers in model un very compassionate they're very they're all nice like when i threw up they cleaned it up like they helped me clean it up mm -hmm. like they didn't like they didn't laugh they didn't feel disgusted they just helped and cleaned it up and that was really that made that made it better because like I, I knew like people were helping me so cool. although one told me oh, I was just cleaning it up because I, I was gonna throw up myself if I <laughs> smelled it any longer <laughs> <laughs> what are the uh and you mentioned Miss Gardner is there any other teachers in uh, affiliated with Molly UN yeah uh no it's just Mrs. Gardner usually um you have chaperones sometimes but I mean it's hard to get people obviously because it's on a Friday sometimes and it's all day like you stay at the ho you stay there you don't go back mm -hmm. uh so what is Miss Gardner like both as like as a teacher maybe as a friend uh but more 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 importantly as like your model UN um sponsor as a sponsor she's very lenient. And there have been times where she's been too lenient on us. I'll, we'll get into stories later right. about Mahdi Yuan. But there's been a lot. And it usually happens outside of committee when you're not moderated by people, obviously, because you have a lot of downtime. But And she's very, like, she wants you to succeed. It's not like, I mean, I'm going to just say this, and this probably isn't, like, completely true of all Carmel. But I think a big problem with, like, Carmel sports especially is, it's so based in like competitiveness you kind of lose the actual point of the sport itself so then you just lose that whole you know area and the compassion of the sport that makes it why people watch the sport mm -hmm. you know what i mean are are so are you a big advocate for competition um i mean yeah <laughs> i mean i'm you know no not everyone should get a trophy mm -hmm. so so let's talk about the Model UN competitions itself, because mm -hmm. I feel like this is probably maybe one of the most confusing parts for me. Yeah, it's very confusing if so, you're not in it. Yeah, so we're going to talk about scoring first. So how does the scoring work at Model UN? How do you score points? There's no points. Oh. It's not points. It's completely up to the moderators who wins. Like, they, that's why you're always nice to them, because mm -hmm. you don't want to piss them off, and then, oh, there goes your award. Right. And this, happened, this happens on multiple occasions. Someone will do something... They'll be on, like, track to win. They'll do something to, like, piss off the chair, as we call them. I'm going to call them the chair from now on. Mm -hmm. And the chair will be so mad, you will not get an award. Wow. And it, it happens a lot of times if people will, like... It especially happens on Sunday. It's the last day. You're just done. People get all, you know, mess around. But that a lot of times that creates bad people that take a joke too far and start putting forth things that 
really should not be put forth by the United Nations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so who are the chairs? Are they teachers? Are they students? They're students. It's college run. Oh, so, yeah. okay. It's usually college students, and they there's like different awards. I mean, I won't get into that, but best is you can get best delegate, which is like one person is like outstanding honorable mention. So right. it goes down the list, but I'm I've won twice. Best okay. delegate twice, and I've gotten a couple honorable mentions from different conferences before. But winning is, it's a big accomplishment, but it's not the biggest reason why I go. Mm. Like, winning isn't the reason I go to Maldivian. I go there because of the people and just the experience of going to different schools and experiencing what other people have to say about certain stuff. What positions did you have when you won those two awards, if you can remember? I, I think it was at Zionsville. This was uh, this was both sophomore year. Okay. So this was like my peak. <laughs> I was I was really trying sophomore year to win. So and now it's like you know you try and win, but you know I mean you've won twice. You want to mm-hmm. give it. It's it becomes this thing where it's if you start winning in Model UN you kind of slump, and you just don't. I mean, you try so hard to rekindle that magic that sometimes you just don't win because you try and put it to a formula and it doesn't work. Okay. So. One second. About, Ma- oh, the countries I represented. That's yeah. right. Um, so yeah, I was at Zionsville. I was France. And then at IU last year, I was the United States. What do you think made you win those conferences? Um, I, it, it takes a lot. It takes some luck. I mean, it's not, I mean, you got to know what you're doing, but sometimes you're just, you you write the quickest, you are able to get people on your side the quickest. It, de- it also depends on how many sheep are in your committee. What does that mean? People who are just willing to follow whatever the heck you say. Okay. So. And how many sheep did you have in those committees? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you would just be like, I mean, when you're, when you're in the U.S. and you get North Korea to vote for your stuff, you already know. <laughs> you already know you're going to win. Nice. Well, all right. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with uh, how, how you described Mali UN, but now I really want to jump into what actually happens, right? So let's let's talk about some of the wacky stories that you've gotten oh, there's from. There's so many. From I've Mali been to UN. like I've been to what ten conferences now over three years. Oh my gosh, I've been to so many. Right. Um, and there are some that are not like <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell on here. That's fine. Um, and I think you've mentioned some of them to me, but I I've mentioned some of them. One of them was a joke. Yes, yeah. I told you about that one. Yeah, you but had to make sure you clarify. I had to make sure I clarified that with you before you announced it to the whole school. Yeah. But um, there was one. I think this was at IU of last year. No, this was at Z- Zionsville this year, or Zemon as we, we have acronyms for all okay. It's really stupid. Um, it was at Zemon as we call it. <laughs> Carmel's is Zemon, and we what? all call it Zemon. Oh, God. Because, <laughs> <laughs> we all like, oh, hey, Zemon. Oh, geez. Well, anyways, what So what, um, what happened at Zionsville? I w- this was this year, too, so I didn't win this. I was, I don't even remember what country I was. I was some stupid, I think I was France again. Um, obvious. If you know Zoe Edwards, she won that because she's so good at everything. Mm-hmm. So, you if you know Zoe Edwards, I mean, way out of everyone's league. I mean, the amount of work. I mean, and you have people like that who just they put in so much work to where it's like insane. 
Right. And <laughs> Zoe is one of those people, and I love her for it. It's really funny, like, the notes you get sent. People send each other, like, freaking pickup lines. I wrote someone a poem in Spanish once and sent him a note. Why'd you do that? <laughs> because I th- cause we started speaking in Spanish, and I'm like, oh, what if I sent him a whole sonnet in Spanish? <laughs> I am curious, and I did mark this because I'm, I'm, I'm going to delete this. Is that who you were talking about, that the, the positive co- connotation for people? Like, am I allowed to name people if... Yeah, if like it, Zoe? I knew it. I knew it. All right, and yep, I knew they were gonna come. It's the stupid vacuum man. Huh. Well, Jordan just showed me his gavel. I, I had the break because the vacuum man came once again. He interrupts every last one of these podcasts, which is <laughs> delightful. And I should probably get to actually interview him one day. But <laughs> the vacuum man—that'd be so cool. Dude, vacuum man unfiltered. Oh my gosh, vacuum man unfiltered, please. But anyways, um, he just showed me his gavel, right? And he won that. Yeah, that's what you win. I mean, it's. It's not that big of a deal. So you have two of those then? Yeah, I have two gavels. Are they, are they different? Uh, They're about the same. I mean, one says IU, one says Zionsville. Which so. one do you like more? IU. IU? <laughs> IU is more. <laughs> Zionsville is kind of like, you know, like the minor league? Yeah. That's kind of what it is. Jeez. So it's like, you know, Carmel. <laughs> and you have Zionsville people competing. And they just, they don't win. <laughs> and right. it's really funny. So, and, oh, sorry. Oh, and like, that brings, that's a pet peeve of mine in Mod UN. Because, like, it's expensive to go. Like, it's, like, $225 to go. Like, IU, for example. I mean, we've probably probably blown at least now counting everything. Like like per person, right? Yeah, that's, like, per person. And my parents have probably spent on me $2,000 just to go to these stupid MUN conferences. And then you don't always win. And then I don't always win, and I'm like, oh, sorry. And then it's hard to actually know what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong, right? Well, I mean, you get incorrect? feedback. But so where so where, where do you get feedback from? Your teacher? Your chair. Your chair. Gotcha. So how do you join Model UN? Well, you can join any time. So if I wanted to walk into a Model UN class. You could walk in to a meeting. It's every Thursday. Okay. Um, you could walk in if you wanted to. Uh, we're out of conferences, though. Sorry. Shucks. Well, yeah. maybe I'll stop by one time. <laughs> Interview the whole class. Oh my gosh! You know, don't do that. It's full of three hundred sixty degree don't. audio. Oh my gosh! I don't know. The, you meet some good people. There are also some people that. Uh, sure. I mean, but that's with anything, though. Yeah. At the you're same right, time. You're right. You're right. Um. But anyways, that was Model UN. Jordan, do you have anything else to add to Model UN? Yeah. Do I have more stories? I have plenty more stories. Do you want to say another story? Uh yeah, sure. I'll tell more stories. Um, who was the one? Oh. There's the drunk mom story. What? We were at a hotel. We were we stay at a hotel. I think I forget which one it was at IU. I wasn't even there for that one. But apparently, this is just the story from the people that went. And th- I was busy with something else. So I didn't go to that conference at IU. It was like two years ago. But apparently, they... And this happened again at like Notre Dame. There were like a bunch of drunk people just in the breakfast area. And Jeez. we're like, what the hell? And <laughs> so this is just the story. I wasn't there. I can't attest to this story. But apparently they were coming back. They came back. And there were, like, these drunk moms at the stupid hotel bar who just started, like, yelling. You know how drunk you know sure. how drunk moms are. But they I just don't, started. But... You don't. You haven't, oh, you haven't been to Florida yet. Yeah, I clearly okay, haven't. Speaking of Florida, drunk moms are a constant. Wow. 
I haven't been to Florida in a long time. You haven't? I have not been to Florida since I moved away. Wow. Yeah. No Disney? No. Nope. Yeah. I've not been. I'm going back um, this summer, and I usually don't really go back very often. But, yeah. you know, we have family that, li- that lives down there. And uh, every every time we're, we down, we're down there, we try to at least visit one of the parks just because they're always fun to go parks to. Are, I mean, I've been to every park. Yeah, I mean, so. they're, they're I feel like, I don't know. If you want a good park, go to Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens. It's in Tampa. What's that? It's got, it's, I mean, it's, you know how, uh, I'm trying to think of like a comparison in the Midwest to like Bush Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> There's not really a comparison because... Well, you're talking. I'm, I'm going to Google Yeah, it. Google Bush Gardens. But it's basically, you know how it talked about the big cats and stuff? Right. It has that kind of, it's like structured off of that. So like the rides are called Puma, Cheetah. Holy. Yeah, it's a, like the Cheetah one, the one you're looking at right now. That, what? it start, it's like, I, I don't know if you've been to the Hulk ride. I have. Okay. It's like that. It like boosts you to 60. It goes as fast as a Cheetah. And it boosts you to 60, and you go up the thing, just like you go straight, like that, that thing right, here. right there. Oh, wait, that's that's Shikra. But, and it, it's based off of, like, I think African mythos. I don't even know it. Wow. I don't want to say African mythos. That sounded really <laughs> bad. Because <laughs> um, wow, wow. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's, it. there's the one, it has, I think there's multiple bush gardens now. There's one in California. But it had the, at one point, it had the, Longest 90-degree drop of any roller coaster. And it was the red one right here? Yeah. There it is. Oh, right where it goes right yeah, there? Yeah, you just go down. Huh. Um, And we did a fifth-grade trip for Busch Gardens. No. What? Yeah. That, I've been to Busch Gardens a while, though. So I, get, I, I need to go again because it is so fun. I get so mad when people go on, like, really, really nice trips like that for no reason. Because the there's no... <laughs> the Young Republicans DC trip. But that's also, <laughs> like, they're doing stuff, you know? Like, yeah. if you're going to, like, an amusement park, what are you doing there other than riding rides? That is legit it. Well, the only excuse I could maybe give it is, like, something like Epcot, right? Where Well, but, like, the thing about that, no one wanted to freaking ride the rides because it's, like, scared fifth graders or whatever. I mean, of course, true. I wasn't scared. But, like, you know, you had... You know, the timid people who are like, oh, I don't want to go on a 90-degree drop. That's funny. Wow. So, it's in uh, it Bush Gardens is, in Tampa Bay and Williamsburg. Yeah. Um, so, so oh, no, one, Williamsburg is Virginia. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah, so there's one in Tampa Bay and there's one in Virginia. Yeah, they made the one in Virginia. They made they made it like a clone copy of Shikra, but they literally just made it like 15 feet higher and called wow. it the tallest 90-degree drop. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. All right. Well, that... I don't um, know how we got the Bush I don't know Gardens. how we got onto Bush Gardens. <laughs> and it's spelled B-U-S-C-H. B-U-S-C-H. And then that's like, probably the worst way to spell it's it. It's the stupidest thing. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's like... It came under trouble a few years ago. And my friend went on a ride one time, apparently. And back to like the... I don't know how we got onto this. But <laughs> he... He was on the ride. I mean, it's like, I don't even know how far it is. It's like, mm. it's a pretty big drop. Right. I, I I used to know all the statistics of Bush Gardens and I was really <laughs> proud of myself. But, and he got the ride. So like before it drops you down, it leans you over. Mm-hmm. The ride got stuck right then and there. So he was sitting up there and they didn't have like an announcement intercom or anything mm-hmm. on the, because they were so far, you know, you weren't yeah. in the hub area. So <laughs> all of a sudden the thing just drops. And, like, people, like, apparently people, because it took them, like, two hours, and apparently people were, like, falling asleep on the coaster. And all of a sudden, 
<laughs> he just hears like this. He hears like this gears, and he's like, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> he hears like, a "Oh gosh!" And I'm, I'm like, "Oh, that's that's not." Good. I wasn't on that ride. But. Probably a similar story that I have actually was from my sister. You know, like I, I, I'm not gonna say her side of it because I mean I, I was there when it happened. So we were in Sea World. Uh, um and SeaWorld that, isn't known for its rides. SeaWorld really is known for its animal views. Yep. Um they're definitely not they don't have the best of credibility and I know that we're never going to go back to SeaWorld. No World. one likes SeaWorld. Before. Not only for like the Blackfish documentary but our experience there, right? But like it's um, just not fun. Yeah. Like, it's not it's the best. Stupid. Yeah. Like, it's really don't go to SeaWorld. And, and anyone who was watching this podcast, don't go to SeaWorld. <laughs> But, and, and this will be why. Uh, so we were at SeaWorld, and my mother and my sister were on the Manta, which was their newest ride. Yeah, I know ride. what the Manta is. And there was a point where the, the ride starts going upside down, yeah. right? It got stuck right when they oh. were upside down. Right when they were upside no. down. And, you know, not only is that scary and stuff, but at the same time, that's not good for the body because you're going to start no, having blood rushing to the start- head. <laughs> That's so um, funny. <laughs> and oh my gosh. I honestly could not imagine being in that position in that situation. So I think they were funny. up there for at least thirty minutes or something. <laughs> That's sick. It was something crazy. I, I need to have my mom on this podcast because oh every time oh she listens to these, she always sends me a full like twenty. <laughs> I see them in the comments. Twenty sentences. Like, oh, you did so well. Well, yeah. I'm so proud of you. And then, and then, but then she'll DM me with all the criticisms oh, for the show. Wait, so, no. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's gonna criticize me. No, she won't criticize. She criticizes me. She criticizes you. Yes. Yeah. No. Well, that's about to change here. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. We're gonna talk about the final segment oh, of boy. our show today, and that's gonna be caramel culture. Yeah. Um. And you mentioned at the very top of this show that you had a lot of p- opinions on caramel culture. Well, I mean, not opinions, just like ideas and the way. I mean, obviously, I grew up at a different. I mean, the way I see things is different mm-hmm. than. The other way, like I have some different opinions on things. That and that's totally great and valid. I'm not ever gonna, yeah, um, say that your opinions aren't valid. Like on every single person who's been on this show, I'm just really trying to identify what people are feeling about how how caramel about how our city is run, about the culture that we have at the school. We could could have a whole podcast on how the city's run. Uh, making nice little statues at Roundabout. Um, um, being a billion dollars in debt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry, did boy. I say that? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my first question is, uh, do you think that Carmel has a culture? Yes. And how would you describe that culture? It's the classic, like, I've always compared Carmel to, like, this. It's this classic suburban, like, mm-hmm. just, you know. I mean, you got your high, your basic high school groups. I mean... It's split. I mean, you, it, they like, I mean, it's not like completely partisan like that, but like, you got your groups. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, like, you know, you got your, you know, I wouldn't say nerds, but like, you got your, you know, the people that don't fit in as much. And, you know, I always try and talk to those people. They're always really cool. To I'm one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Oh. Uh, I'm one of those people too, don't worry. Yeah, I think we all, I think all, all, all of us are. No. Um, but, Yes. And I feel like uh, something that a lot of cultures adopt and, you know, something that I kind of felt when I was in my elementary school and in my middle school is like traditions that we have. Right. I feel like traditions are a big part of culture. And the more I think about it, I don't know of any major kind of traditions that nope. Carmel High School as a whole shares. I think like when we mentioned clicks. Right. Yeah. And just our friend maybe. groups like uh, probably really great example is the swim team. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I'm not sure when, but I know, and everyone in the school knows that they will dye their hair yeah. and start cutting it off at, well, like, the marching every day. Band, I mean, I think it's just, like, the different cliques have different mm-hmm. cultures. Because you have, yeah. like, the marching band, obviously. They, I mean, I have my own opinions on the marching band, but <laughs> um, I don't want to get a mail bomb sent to my house in a day <laughs> or two, so I won't say anything about that. But, um, I mean, obviously, I mean, and not everyone's bound in the marching band, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'm really good friends with some people in the marching mm-hmm. band. So, um they have their own thing. The color guard has their own thing. I mean, you have your AP kids, your IB kids, you know, you have your other things like that. They all kind of develop their own thing. And, you know, for me, I never, you know, coming from somewhere else, you know, people are friends with people since like elementary school. I had to work my way up mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, especially, I mean, it was, it was difficult sometimes. I mean, cause sometimes I'll try and fit into one group. And then I'll have to switch my entire personality to fit into another group. Right. It's just weird sometimes like that. Do, so. you, do you feel like it's good to switch your personality in order to fit in? And I know, like, mm. um, and and I, so I lived in Florida, moved to Tennessee, and then in my, uh, yeah. after first grade, I moved to Carmel. So, you know, I was at a fairly young age when I was, like, yeah. considered a new kid, and I can't imagine what it's like being older and having more well, social constructs ca- like, attached to you. I, I didn't really become, like, socially adequate as mm-hmm. I was now until around sophomore year. Okay. I, mean, I was very shy until around because I was, you know, in Florida, I mean, I was bullied sometimes for my Tourette's and ADHD sometimes by, I mean, it was a small group of people, but I have never learned how to, and this is probably why I don't really have any like one friend group. I've never really learned to, you know, trust people yeah like give them that trust that i i mean it takes a long time to really get to know someone Mm. you know for me at least to trust them i'm always worried about you know being backstabbed because there's a lot of that in florida obviously i mean tightly knit community you have your you know your people there so yeah and like really the only person you know you can trust is yourself right well that's also just like kind of my attitude Mm -hmm. i mean i'm like I, i i've tried to change this I, I don't know if I've been doing a good job. No, I you're mean, doing fantastic. I, I've tried to change, like, the my way or the highway mindset I kind of had. fresh. I was really arrogant freshman year, and I huh. really I didn't like that. And, you know, I've tried to change myself. And even now, I mean, even after that IU conference, I really am trying to change myself more and yeah. be more open. Because I learned that, like, the reason, like, the sickness got so bad, I wasn't being open enough with people. And, you know, like, people were trying to, you know, help me. And I just wasn't accepting that they were trying to help me. I thought, like, everyone's just out for themselves. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's just trying to benefit themselves. And it's not like that, I think, really. So People, like, in Carmel or people in... Just people in general. Like, right. people, like, people wanted to help me. I just, I didn't see it like that. I see it as just getting pity feeling. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... What do you think that caramel culture should be? Do you... I don't. I don't want to morph caramel. I mean, I don't have my own view of how it should be shaped because everyone's so different here. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's one way. I don't think there's one culture to anywhere here at Carmel because there's such a different amount of people coming to Carmel at one time. Do you think there should be? No. No. Do I... you think that other schools might be adopting a culture? Well, I mean. I mean, I have a cousin that goes to Westfield. It's mm-hmm. the same thing there. I mean, everyone likes to joke about Carmel on drugs and funny stuff like that. But I mean, it's the same prob the same problems that are happening at Carmel are happening at other schools, and people need to realize that it's not just unique to here. No one cares 
because it's not just unique to Carmel. I mean, hate to say it, but yeah. And you know, that's kind of really all, all the questions I got for you, honestly, Jordan. <laughs> oh, that's great. Leaving off at an interesting spot. Leaving off at an interesting spot. Yeah. You're right. Do you have anything else that you want to say before? Anything I, uh... else to say? Um, you know, I mean, again, don't always take things so seriously. I mean, you know me. I try and look on the lighter side of mm-hmm. a lot of things. I mean, but you also have to know when to have those serious moments in your life to reflect on yourself and better yourself as a person. I mean, there are moments when you should not joke about things. And I mean, if I must, like Carmel, we always like to joke about stuff right. because we feel like we're so high above everyone else. So we like to joke about other things yep. that, you know, we probably shouldn't be joking about. Case obviously. in point, Carmel Hell Week. I mean, oh, that is that is one of the stupidest things <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Really? Are you kidding me? Such a stupid account. <laughs> What a stupid thing. All right, Jordan. Well, that's been all our time for today. Yeah, all right. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for hopping on, man. All right. And that was our episode today, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by. I had a really good time interviewing Jordan. I know this may have been a little bit of a different uh, podcast than you may have been expecting, but nonetheless, I think I still had a really, really good time. Um, and I'm really happy you could make it today. Obviously, Today, Friday, it's a a really, really big day for a lot of us here at Carmel because we aren't going back to school until April 10th. So what does this mean for Carmel Conversations? So unfortunately, I am going to postpone the interview series until I am back. I had an interview scheduled actually for today, and it was unfortunately canceled just due to um, my interviewer, uh, my interviewee's schedule. So we had to cancel that, unfortunately. But That does not mean that I'm going to stop making production at all. So I have a lot planned, actually, for the upcoming week and weeks ahead. It's not going to be any less Carmel Conversations action. It's just not going to be what you're expecting. So stay tuned. You know, we got a lot of really, really fun stuff coming. And if you want to know what's coming, what I highly recommend you do, Instagram, Instagram at Carmel underscore conversations. You can go in there. I have all sorts of news come up as soon as possible. In addition to that, you can also listen to what's actually coming up on the SoundCloud. Make sure you follow us. That is soundcloud.com slash caramel underscore conversations. we got a lot planned in the future. Um, it is looking a little scary. i got to be honest with you, but I am looking forward to the next time I talk to you all. Other than that, Carmel, stay awesome.